0: Dynasty Decisions, episode number 105. You guys know what we do around here. We've been doing it 104, now 105 times. We break down your Dynasty teams. We talk about the decisions that you have on the docket. What should you do in your rookie draft? Who should I trade for? Am I rebuilding? Am I contending? Let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it.
1: All right, so the first team of the video comes from Motherflocker, AJ, a, uh, a staple on Dynasty Decision. So he shares this team, 10-team start, 9-league. A quarterback, he has Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Bryce Young, etc. there. Running backs, he's got Brie Saul, Josh Jacobs, and some fodder there. Wide receivers, Jalen Waddle, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Jahan Dotson, and some other names. At tight end, he has TJ Hawkinson, Dalton Kincaid, and the other names listed there. Also has the 102 this year, along with a few later round picks. Two early projected first rounders in 2025, along with an early projected second. And all of his picks in 2026. So uh, the couple notes that he has here is uh, where to go with the 102. And ultimately, uh, just break down the trade that he made. So uh, overall, what are your thoughts on this team? Again, 10 man start uh, start nine league and funny context here. I am actually in this league. So I kind of know the league market we'll get into in a second.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, AJ bringing us another team where he's got way <laughs> too many good tight ends with Hawkinson, Kincaid, even <laughs> Tucker Craft and Greg Dolchich and Musk as clear. well. He just, he loves his, uh, loves his great tight end cores in, uh, in (laughs) dynasty here. So, I mean, he does mention, I'm thinking one Oh two Marvin Harrison, pretty easy. It's a 10 team league. He already has Herbert and Lawrence and Bryce young. You're not probably looking towards Drake may at that point. I guess your only concern would be if Marvin goes one Oh one, you'd probably know. And AJ, I'm sure knows the guy probably is going to take Caleb Williams. And that's why he's saying Marvin one Oh two easy. Um, he said I won't be bad enough to assume a top four pick next year. Again, it is a 10-team league, but he did say the other first he has is one of the worst teams in the league. They pick 101 this year. Um, so what should I do? So maybe not too early first next year, more one early, one mid. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, he said he thinks he's comfortably a house money team. And I'd probably agree with that assessment. Once you add Marvin yep. to this team, you got that extra first of buying power, your own first, where if you get off to a great start, because waddles cooking flowers is cooking. JSN takes a big step forward. So on and so forth. You could go and buy another wide receiver. You could go and buy another running back midseason If you needed to do something like that.
1: Hey, I mean, I'm just going to say this off my chest right now. If uh, you aren't completely sold about spending the one Oh two. We do pick out 103, so I'd be willing to add a little bit on 103 to make sure uh, if, if you view Malik and Marv like very, very evenly, we'd be comfortable making that move. I have to add that input. Otherwise, if you don't make a trade, Marvin Harrison is going to be slated here. And I mean, if you're just breaking down this t- uh, team in a start nine league, you're rocking out starters of Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, Brees Hall, Josh Jacobs as your main running backs. In terms of your wide receivers, you slot in Marvin Harrison Jr., Jalen Waddle, Zay Flowers, and then one of Jordan Addison slash JSN in the flex tight and obviously strong core there. So I, I think you nailed the assessment. This is clearly a house money team, a team that I can see easily being uh, one of the contenders in this league and having those two first round picks banked up, obviously a nice spot to be. You having uh, the guy who picked one ones this year's first, obviously an awesome grab. Like if that first ends up materializing into the asset of Luther Burden or one of the running backs maybe emerges this year and you can either sell it for a vet or potentially use that pick in 2025. I mean, your team could be a monster really quick.
0: Yeah, I would say Hawkinson stands out to me because you already have a great tight end core, but again, it's a 10 team league. It's not tight end premium. You might not be able to get the adequate value, but I actually like the idea of betting on your young upside tight ends of Kincaid craft, Greg Dolchich to uh, anchor your core going forward. So if people are like, maybe there's another house money team or another rebuilding team that are like, Hey, I'll take the plunge on Hawkinson. I don't mind that he tore his ACL. I'll just roll with him going forward for the future. I might consider trying to cash out on him. If you can somehow get a late first, it is a 10 man league. So you might not be able to get that. Maybe you can get like the 201, 202 this year. And then like a future second in 2025 or something for TJ Hawkinson. He'd be like the type of guy that I would think about moving. Uh, AJ also made a trade here recently on uh, February 8th. He sold off George Pickens for Josh Jacobs and the 401. So generally speaking, is it smart to be buying running backs at this time of year, especially one that's an impending uh, unrestricted free agent? Not sure. I think worst case scenario for Josh Jacobs, though, is that he goes back to the Raiders. I I think he'll either go to a better team or just get re-signed by the Raiders in free agency. And at that point, you're looking at a guy who's you know still just 25 years old. He's not super, super old. He'll be, I believe 26 by the time the season starts. And he should have another two, maybe three years in the tank. He's a tough dude. He's, I, I think he can handle a big workload. Maybe his game and his career path ages, kind of like a Joe Mixon where it's like, you know, we're not, we don't love Elliott? the value of like 27, 28 year old Joe Mixon, but he's still like RB two or better production. And Josh Jacobs could be that guy for you. So, I mean, generally speaking, if you're in a house money window, I wouldn't be buying running back. So I didn't love that move necessarily. But you said you're not a George Pickens fan. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that trade? I think I maybe would have gone in a different direction. If you're not a Pickens fan, I maybe would have just tried to re-roll into another first.
1: Honestly, given the nature of it being a start te- uh, 10 team, start nine type of league, I don't mind making this type of move. Again, Pickens... uh, pretty much profiles within like that wide receiver four to five range on your team. Anyways, you know, you're going to be having the one Oh two. So uh, making sure that you already are stocked at wide receiver, maybe transitioning some of those assets to the running back position. I don't mind because I mean, if your team goes out early, Josh Jacobs giving you production, Brees Hall's the RB three in fantasy and your wide receivers, plus Marv or plus Malik, if you do end up making a, a deal with me or flat uh, end up materializing in year one, then you can ultimately say, well, I have two of these 2025 first, maybe keep the earlier projected one and see if your mid to late one projected can get you another piece to add to this run. Cause I really do think that come week four, week five of next season, your team's going to be able to tell you whether you can contend or not. And, I'm, I mean, just looking at the team right now, leaning on the side of you potentially contending. I mean, I think he barely missed out on the playoffs this year. He lost by a tiebreaker. So um, he ended up getting the one Oh two because of potential points. But if he had won one more game, he would have made the playoffs.
0: Oh yeah. That's an interesting wrinkle then. So yeah, yeah, I mean, good house money assessment. I just think generally speaking, when you're a house money team, Buying running backs in February is probably not the ideal move. You probably want to hold your wide receiver assets. Maybe you could have gotten Josh Jacobs more certain knowing where he's going, knowing what his workload, his redraft projection is in August if you were ready to make that move. So that's the only qualm I have with the strategy so far. But generally speaking, I think you're on... Uh, the right path here. And we can actually probably move on to the next team here, which is um, from Rylan, another 10 team league, full PPR super flex four point for passing touchdown does have CJ Stroud and Joe Burrow, but not much else. But I mean, those two guys probably all you need <laughs> Roshan Johnson as the main running back, but not a whole lot else going on uh, CD lamb, Garrett Wilson, Nico Collins, uh, Kendrick Bourne, a couple other dudes there at wide receiver, Kate Otten and Jake Ferguson as the main tight ends does have the first three picks in the draft this year. 101, 102, 103, and the 106, 107 and 109. So he owns what 60% of the first round in the uh, 10 team league here. And then he's got uh, the 203 as well. Looks like he's got a couple early uh, to mid seconds as well next year where he's going to have four twos in that class. So very good shell of a team so far. I mean, you got two absolute elite quarterbacks. You have a a couple elite wide receivers and some pretty decent upside options at tight end. Realistically, like you're going to add more firepower to this team. And you're going to look at this thing by season's end and be like, I got a portfolio of assets on my hands. So he does say, he tanked his his team and he ended up getting the 103. So his pick was actually the 103 and the 203 there. And he had the 101 and 102 from different teams. Wow. He said lots of middle of the road guys and two uh, to three rebuilders. He does say here, though, that quarterback is not valued the way it should be. And I, I that's somewhat understandable in a 10 team super flex versus yeah. a 12 team super flex. So he said, I'm torn what to do with his picks. Um, he's thinking about starting off with Caleb Marvin and neighbors. Let's start with the one, one to one, three, and then we'll talk about the other uh, picks that he has here. Would you go in that direction? If you had the one hundred one, one hundred two, and one Oh three in this league format,
1: if I'm not able to move off the picks, absolutely. But I'll tell you right now with CJ Stroud and with Joe burrow in town, I'm seeing if the 101 can net me an equivalent level wide receiver. I mean, we, it's funny because this is perfect timing. We literally talked about the draft strategy, rookie picks one to four uh, in yesterday's video, but you're basically in the position of entertaining offers at each of these picks. Ideally, like you mentioned, in a 10 team format, if I can leave with at least Malik and Marv, I'm absolutely for it. If the 101 can net me an equivalent value wide receiver, or maybe somebody you mentioned, the guy at 104 has. Gibbs breeze if they're willing to add uh Gibbs Gibbs breeze plus on top to be able to go up for the 101 considering especially with the fact that it's the same guy that gave you CJ Stroud last year for Jameer Gibbs he clearly probably is struggling at the quarterback position because he didn't end up with CJ Stroud so if you can kind of exploit that weakness to him try to leverage the 101 pick and see if you can get Gibbs plus or Breeze plus like we kind of mentioned you could be in a good spot. The only question mark here is that the league doesn't value quarterbacks the way they should be. Is that more so just young quarterbacks coming up or is that quarterbacks as a whole? Because if that's the case, maybe you're able to net more out of trading Joe Burrow than you would be Caleb Williams. And I'd be equally uh, open to moving either of them.
0: Yeah. Especially considering your team is not quite ready to compete yet. But I do think yeah. once you spend these picks, you could turn this into a contender really. this year. Um, He said like, do I make a move for Brees or Gibbs? I mean, it really depends what you're getting. Like, would I be okay in theory with moving the 101 for Brees or Gibbs as long as I'm getting a plus on top of that? Sure, yeah. Like if you can yes. move the 101 and you don't need Caleb Williams and you're going to take Marvin and Malik Neighbors 102 and 103, which I think is totally fine in a 10-team league to to bypass Drake May for Malik Neighbors, then I think that's definitely a great move. I mean, if you just look at this, you can start five wide receivers a week, and if your starting lineup is Ceedee Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, and Nico Collins at wide receiver, you're going to be absolutely like loving it and then i mean he has 106 and 107 as well brock bowers is absolutely a fit for your team as well yep. you don't really have a stud Wrong. tight end he should be on the board there at 106 or 107 he said the league doesn't really value quarterbacks so it's possible that one of the quarterbacks slides to 106 107 if you wanted to bypass taking one yeah. at 101 and move off of that pick and you're like hey i still need a qb3 you probably are going to be able to get Jaden daniels or drake may at 106 or 107 still
1: Yeah, for sure. And again, like see what your league market is telling you. Obviously, uh, if they're lower on quarterback, maybe this doesn't go through. But would you entertain something like this, Corey? Uh, I mean, it depends if that guy would be willing to move either or both of Brees and Gibbs. Like it really just depends. But if he's hamstrung a quarterback and maybe he's not ready to contend because he got the 104 this year, maybe he's open to doing something like Joe Burrow plus the 203 or Joe Burrow plus the 109. And he'd be willing to give you both those guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes some sense. I think you could definitely um, make some moves for some running backs. You have the ammunition and the yes. firepower to do that. And and part of the reason why is some of the trades that you made here. I mean, yeah. last rookie draft cycle, you moved off the one Oh two, which was Jameer Gibbs. And he sh- definitely shouldn't have been the one Oh two in super flex formats. You move off of him. You get CJ me more Stroud, insight, 107, which is absolutely insane. And then you also netted a future first and a two future first for a second. One round of them pick being the in Zach Charbonnet and the uh, 308, which became Keyshawn Boutte. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to tell you that this was a good process move even at the time. You sell down from 102 to 107, and you picked up two future firsts, one of which became a top three pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is an absurd valuation, and this actually gives me more insight, so uh, it seems like people are completely off of quarterback in your league, because if Jameer Gibbs is going 102, and if Jameer Gibbs is going for CJ Stroud plus two extra future 2024 first, especially given the class we could have expected at this time going into 2024, pretty much tells me that it's probably hard to move quarterbacks in this league. Again, do your due diligence, uh, try to trade the quarterback position, but it might be uh it might be a tough spot just
0: take you- Caleb with one of those top 3 picks yeah. worst case scenario and then you have three elite quarterbacks
1: yeah i mean like it's not that big of a deal plus uh you're going to have once people sharpen up to the fact that quarterbacks matter you're going to have ample ammunition to be able to move it to a running back or to a wide receiver plus in that instance so you've nailed this first trade i don't really think we have to spend much more time on it this next deal as well you absolutely nailed you got the 2024 106 plus a 2025 early projected two in exchange for really no guys that you're potentially building around for the long term mike evans Older wide receiver, don't know if he's going to be back in Tampa Bay. David Montgomery, limited ceiling there. Jimmy Garoppolo, is he even going to start a court, uh, game this upcoming season? Are the Raiders going to draft a the quarterback? They're going to go with Aiden O'Connell? Like, what is really the deal with Jimmy Garoppolo? You traded three non appreciating assets for two absolute hammers of ones.
0: Yeah. And I mean, on August 28th, Mike Evans had a great year and yeah. David Montgomery had a great year, but you still love your side of this deal, getting an Absolutely. early second projected in 2025 and a mid first rounder this year, um, yeah. which you can replace Mike Evans. No problem with, you know, Brock Bowers, Romo Dunes, type of yeah. option there. And then October 2nd, you uh, traded Josh nice. Dobbs, Dave Davis, a third <laughs> Gus Edwards and Josh Palmer. So a bunch of nothing for Nico Collins in two seconds, dude, I wouldn't have, I, if, I, if I would have would taken for the two seconds, just for Nico Collins, I would have, I would have uh, smashed, you know, no, like if I had Nico Collins, I would have been like, get the fuck out of my face. But the fact that you got two seconds out of him on top of Nico Collins is completely ridiculous. And it shows me that, you know, based on the, ease of draft capital that you were able to acquire in the 2024 class previously. It's like future picks don't matter to people in this league. It's like, oh, a second round pick in 2025, who cares? Keep collecting picks whenever you you can possibly.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have one first in 2025 right now. I'll tell you right now. Uh, I mean, maybe that's the best suit of action. If you can't sell uh, like quarterbacks high in this league, like can you sell them for future rookie picks? Because it seems like the future rookie pick market is probably more broken than the quarterback market is in this league.
0: Yeah, no kidding. He also says he traded Barkley Sutton in a uh, projected mid 2025 first away on draft night in 2023 for Garrett Wilson. That's how he acquired Wilson, which I think was definitely a good move. And then he said, what move should I make entering my house money season in 2024? Again, I would be diligent. Do your due diligence as we talked about in yesterday's video. With those rookie picks, see where you can find value at running back if that's the direction you want to go in. You have ample draft capital and ability to be able to build this into a contender this year. But if people in your league are not recognizing the value of your high-end rookie picks, then I have no problem spending them all if you need to. Like If you walk out of this draft with Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Brock Bowers, Romo Dunze, Brian Thomas Jr., and Ladd McConkie, like... You're just going to have so many assets on hand to be able to move for whatever you need to move for. So even if you go into this year with like the same running back core that you have now, if we come out and Brian Thomas is like the Jaguars, number one wide receiver by week four, then you could easily sell him off for a high end running back at that point in time. So again, don't be pigeonholed into taking needs over, you know, draft cap or over, um, you know, what you actually want for your roster. Just take the best player available. And if you need to, you can always move off of some of these assets later on when you're ready to compete.
1: Yeah. I mean, like just looking at where you're set up with this team, having those type of needle moving assets, having that type of draft capital, like you have no excuse not to turn this into a monster, at least by 2025, to be quite frank. And if you play your cards right and your league market allows you to, you may be able to uh, be able to do it this upcoming year. So you put yourself in a great position. Obviously, these uh, all these deals that we went through, absolute sharp deals. I mean, we, we would argue that you won them uh, very comfortably. So. Uh, keep plugging away, keep doing what you're doing, because, I mean, you're, you're on your way to building an absolute monster that nobody in this league wants to face.
0: Absolutely. So let's move on to the next team here, which is uh, from Devontae. A 12-team PPR, 4-point-for-passing touchdown, half-tight-end premium, super flex format, Patrick Mahomes, Will Levis as the top quarterbacks, Kenneth Walker, and nothing to speak of at running back, Garrett Wilson, Chris Godwin, Juju, KJ Osborne, whatever, uh, Dallas Goddard and Dalton Schultz as the main tight ends there. So pretty barren roster, a couple building blocks, but not a whole lot going on. 102, 108, 109, 211, 212, 302, 402, 412, and then doesn't have his second by the looks of it in 2025. So I mean, when you look at when you look at this team, you, you need volume of assets big time. I don't know if yep. you didn't list people that weren't valuable or weren't you know really anything, but you are looking in this year's rookie draft to kind of backfill your roster, hit on some rookie picks where possible. Yeah, And I would say, as we talked about in yesterday's video, when your team is in a position, when you're not ready to compete anytime soon, which I think this is the type of situation that you're in right now, I'm looking to see what 102 can net me in a trade. I'm looking to see what 108, 109 can net me in a trade in terms of volume of assets. Because if I'm on the board at 109 and somebody's going to give me their um, you know, mid to late projected 2025 first, the 202 in this year's class, and their second in 2025 like That's the type of trade that I would be looking to do. See how many yeah. assets you can acquire in bulk, in volume, because you need a lot for this team. Realistically, your only building blocks are Garrett Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and maybe Will Levis. Kenneth Walker, yeah. Godwin, and Goddard are the type of guys that I would maybe look to sell closer to the start of the NFL season, because they're going to have value uh, for contenders. And that's yeah. something that maybe you float around now, or maybe you just floated around in August. But yeah, you got a lot of work to do with this team.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of the intended moves, because you said here, looking back, I probably could have competed more than I thought. I just didn't trust my watch to record enough not to sell off some of these win now pieces for draft capital. You probably said, okay, I'm not in position to fully compete. So you went proactive, which is what we love seeing. Like if you realize like it's going to be tough for you to compete, be proactive, try to sell off your assets. You position yourself to potentially try to get Caleb ultimately fall just short getting that one Oh two. No problem. Like Corey said, the 108, 109 in particular. If you can parlay into a 2025 one and two, or a 2026 20, one, two and three, or something like that. If somebody's willing to uh, give you some extra juice for the immediate value of the pick, I'm more than willing to be able to sell that pick. Because again, your goal—it's probably a two-year thing realistically. You, like you said, you have a couple building blocks on this team, but realistically, you're going to be needing the depth to be able to truly compete. Um, the only—the only pick I am like more than fine, more than comfortable making at this point would be the 102. Unless, of course, you're able to sell that pick for a haul. And you actually have an offer listed here that includes the 102. You'd able you'd be able to send the 102 plus Will Levis in exchange for Anthony Richardson, Josh Downs, the 209, and a mid to late 2025 second. On surface level, I would say this is a relatively fair deal. But I'm higher the, uh, than the market is on Will Levis. And knowing your quarterback situation, I would rather hold the side of Levis in the 102. Even if we're equating average equals about the 102 in this league, Downs two oh nine, to late two is uh, on the surface level fair for Levis, but because you're not a receiver away from competing, I'd rather uh, keep the young quarterback with the hopes that he maybe establish himself as a top fifteen option in Superflex.
0: Yeah, I don't think the structure of this deal is bad. You give up two yeah. assets, you get four because this is kind of the situation that your team is in. The problem is like you're trying to get the best asset in the deal, or at least the the best asset in the deal as it stands right now, which would be probably be Anthony Richardson. You're not really in a position to be buying players right now. You're in a position where the 102 needs to net you like the 105 next year's first and a 2026 first or something like that. If you're going to trade down from Marvin Harrison, you're looking for future draft capital to backfill this roster. So it's not a horrible offer. Like you said, it's probably about fair uh, at market value, but I probably wouldn't accept it in your Great. situation if we go all the way back to last off season 2 you traded away Sam Howell in the 202 for the 109 in this year's class so essentially you traded off Sam Howell in an early well. second uh projected this year which was probably your own second and you got a future first in 2024 which became the 109 which i think was a good deal i think you netted positive it looked a little bit oh, hairy yeah. there for a second when sam howell was cooking but definitely at this point in time it has aged very well um and then during the season you sold off Travis Etienne Christian Watson in a second and it looks like you got Garrett Wilson with that, uh, with that trade, which I think was a good consolidation. Get a running back off of your roster, get a risky wide receiver off your roster, and then down tier your, your second rounder to a third rounder in 2025. Short so move. I think you've made some decent trades so far. He also mentions too like I'm hoping I can snag a quarterback like Nick's or JJ McCarthy at 108. I think it's possible that if we get a fourth first round quarterback, that the 108 is consensus, whoever that guy is. Yeah. But again, I would use that quarterback equity to potentially sell that pick because you're in a position where let's say you go with Marvin 102 and you have Mahomes, Levis, Marvin, and Garrett Wilson to build around, you're at a point where you need to acquire volume of assets. So at 108, if JJ McCarthy goes to the Vikings or the Falcons or something like that, you might be able to get a King's ransom for some teams that are looking for a quarterback and you can get their 202 this year, their 2025 first and their 2026 second or something for that pick.
1: Yeah, and I mean, what I'd be looking to do as well is uh, come the draft, if you're able to sell Kenneth Walker or even closer to the season, if you're able to sell Kenneth Walker, that'd be my next route of going. If you can build out, again, you would have a built-out quarterback core already, assuming that you have Patrick Mahomes, Will Levis plus quarterback or uh, the capital that you got from that quarterback equity. You would also have a couple of nice building block wide receivers. Building out that core and then adding your running backs after is going to be your key because A, if you're able to completely uh, deplete your running back core, get Kenneth Walker off your team, well, then your team's relying upon points from Kenneth Gainwell and Chris Rodriguez, and I'm assuming a max points for type of league. If you're able to do that, deplete your running back core, not get points there, you're raising yourself in terms of the rookie draft standings coming into next year.
0: Yeah, I would say he's used the word compete a little bit more than I would like to see for a team that's in this type of shape right now. You're not going to compete anytime soon. You need to definitely get that out of your head. He also mentions too, like, I probably could have competed if I didn't sell off like ETN and Watson. It's like, you probably couldn't have, to be honest, like your team is pretty far away even before you sold off some of those assets. So if I were you, I would rechange your mindset here. I'm competing in 2025, 2026, 2025 in an ideal world is your house money season. And that is if a lot of things go right for you, more likely it's 2026 that you're actually going to be trying to compete with this team. So again, stay the course, be patient with this thing. Don't get over anxious. Don't, start selling you know, picks off for uh, veteran players and stuff because that's how you get yourself into trouble. And me and Danny have both made that mistake, and that's how we know that's how you get yourself into trouble. I'm not sure how long you've been playing Dynasty, but I'm telling you right now, you don't want to uh, rush a rebuild when you got one in progress. That has some potential. It's like you got some work to do, but you definitely have some potential with this rebuild. So uh, before we get into the next team, of course, we do need to hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped, and you guys will be hearing that message right now. Fellas, 2024 is here in full swing, and that means it's time for a New Year's resolution check with our friends over at Manscaped. Newsflash, it's never too late to level up your grooming game and keep your bush, not me, your actual bush, tamed manscaped's new lawnmower 5.0 is every man's cheat code to look good feel good and turn the page on confidence this year whether you're going for the clean shaven clean cut look or you're going for just a trim the manscaped lawnmower 5.0 is trusted by over 10 million men worldwide and now is your time to get a grip on your grooming with an exclusive offer go to manscaped.com and use our promo code bush that is not how i got the nickname for 20 percent off plus free shipping the ball has dropped this new year but don't drop the ball on your balls i don't know about you guys my new year's resolution was to go to the gym four times for every alcoholic drink that i had i'm doing pretty good on my new year's resolution so far but if your new year's resolution was to get your grooming in check Introducing the MVP of 2024, the Manscaped 5th Generation Lawnmower. It is not just a trimmer, it's your grooming sidekick. It has two skin-safe blades, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. It's like having a personal stylist at your fingertips or wherever you need it. And it's also waterproof so that you can groom in the shower to minimize any kind of cleanup that you have to do. And for my men who want the full grooming experience, look no further than Manscapes Performance Package 5.0. In this grooming kit, you get the trusted lawnmower, Manscaped's ear and nose hair trimmer, which I actually got my brother for Christmas this year. And all the essential aftercare products, the Crop Soother Ball Aftershave Lotion and crops uh, Preserver Ball Deodorant. It's ball deodorant. I get it. It sounds weird, but it, you definitely need it because it definitely doesn't smell great down there. As a gesture for the New Year's, they even threw in two free gifts. The Boxers 2.0, the most comfortable boxers you'll ever wear in your life, and the Shed 2.0 so you can carry it all in a toiletry bag because they know good and well that you're still probably wearing the same boxers that you had since high school. Let's face it, resolutions can come and go but a well-groomed you is here to stay thanks to Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping on any of the packages. The Performance Package 5.0 most notably with the promo code BUSH20. 20% off plus free shipping. Embrace a new you with Manscaped and definitely embrace a new trimmer this year. All right, big shout out to Manscaped. Again, promo code Bush for 20% off plus free shipping. The next team that we are going to get into here is from Damian, a 12 team, six point per passing touchdown, half tight end premium, super flex league. So high value position to the quarterbacks. Looks like he's got a nice young quarterback core. Richardson, Lawrence, Bryce Young, Will Levis, running back, Roshan, Jalen Warren, a lot of zero RB type of guys there. Alave, Drake of London, Romo Dunze. So maybe it's a Debbie league. Maybe he's uh, already had his rookie draft. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, JSN, Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson, and others at wide receiver. And then Cole Komet is his main tight end. Looks like he has all of his future rookie picks. Uh, he did say that the startup draft had rookies in it. So that's why he has Romo Dunze already. Uh, and he did say the draft ended one week ago. Hasn't made any trades yet. Wondering is he, if he's okay with this thin running back room, or if we would make any moves to offload a wide receiver for a running back. Uh, and he said, would you actively be trying to sell any of these current players? So brand new roster. He's a startup draft roster. What do you think of how he did in the startup so far?
1: Yeah, so I mean, he, he he has good valuations here in terms of building around your quarterbacks, building around your wide receivers, adding your tight ends, after, uh, tight ends and running backs. After you went like you said thin at the running back position, but you got a couple of guys with some upside there with Jalen Warren, with potentially Roshan Johnson this year. Don't really see it from the rest of the core potentially giving you points moving forward, but you built up so much value at wide receiver that it doesn't matter having a London, Roma Dunze, JSN, Jahan Dotson, and Christian Watson, all guys that we believe in in particular. The one thing that I will point out is if you notice, because you do have four quarterbacks on this roster, I'm probably assuming that in your startup draft, may, maybe Bryce Young was falling, you took the plunge on him, and then Will Levis starts falling, you end up taking the plunge on him. My advice would be if you can take the value of one of those quarterbacks and move it either to the running back or the wide receiver position, or maybe uh, if somebody's willing to you know, offer you like, I don't know... Um, Sam, probably not Sam LaPorta, Kyle Pitts, uh, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, somebody like that for one of them. I'd be willing to make that type of move. Cause I will say when you take the falling value of quarterback in some rooms, sometimes you just don't get the valuations that you're looking for on them.
0: Yeah. Sometimes people think, oh, I'm going to hoard quarterbacks, hoard quarterbacks in this league format. Maybe people are just misvaluing the quarterbacks. It's a 12 team super flex with six point for passing touchdown. So the quarterback position has a lot of value in this league format but you might have to wait to achieve that value, right? Like you might look at this roster and be like, okay, Richardson and Lawrence are going to be my guys going forward. And Bryce Young and Will Levis, I'm just going to see who pops. Right Early on in the season, maybe Bryce Young looks like a different player. Maybe Will Levis is taking a step forward. I would look to sell off one of those guys then, or potentially if someone is panicking now because they didn't get a quarterback, maybe you could sell that off. But I would say people always assume when you stack up at quarterback that people are just going to come to you and they're going to buy your quarterbacks for 120 cents on the dollar or whatever. That's not usually what happens. They usually need to realize that they don't have a good enough quarterback core in season before that happens, at least in my opinion, in my experience. So if you can hold on to that quarterback core and be content that this is probably not a team that's competitive right now, you're probably looking towards a a one-year punt out of the startup, a house money season out of the startup and kind of see what happens. That's probably what I would be looking to do with the roster that you have here. Because when you look at like redraft standpoint, like there's not a whole lot of like, bonafide redraft studs on your team. So you're probably not going to be ready to compete in year one. You've built up a portfolio of assets. You're going to be patient with that, of course. But for the most part, you have some work to do in terms of your overall team.
1: Yep. I would agree with that analysis. I mean, uh, considering where you put your value in the startup at quarterback, a wide receiver, I like the structure, but like Corey said, if you're planning to compete, it's going to be tough knowing that some of that value is invested in a fourth quarterback rather than probably a position that would be able to get you points right away. So just don't go into it with the mindset like, oh, I have to be the top team in year one, because like we kind of mentioned, like it's probably going to be a slower game seeing how those quarterbacks develop.
0: Yeah. And I would because you're kind of in like a house money-ish situation, one thing that I would recommend that you do is see if you can acquire more picks in 2025 whenever possible. Maybe you find a Jahan Dotson truther in your league and you can sell him off plus a smaller piece for a 2025 first. Maybe there's a Christian Watson truther in your league. Maybe Antonio Gibson signs a, a big deal in free agency and you can parlay him into a future second, maybe, you know, whatever, whatever you can do to get more 2025 capital is something that I would definitely be encouraging you to do. There's nobody that stands out to me on your, cause your question was, should you ch- uh, try and sell any of your current players? Nobody stands out to me as like a bona fide. You need to sell this guy on this roster, but again, work the market. If you have people pop up, follow the news, see what happens with your players. And if you get some good news on your players and you want to cash out on them, I would look to aim for 2025 capital whenever possible. So, but we could probably move on to the next team here, which is from Cole Knapp here. 10-team half PPR, five point for passing touchdown, super flex league. Pretty deep starting rosters, even though it is a 10-teamer. You could start up to six wide receivers, uh, four flexes on every given week. You have Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa, Sam Howell, a couple other guys at quarterback, Bijan, Ramondre, Javante Williams, James Connor at running back. Uh, Puka Nakua, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Jordan Addison, Jerry Judy, a couple other guys there on the taxi squad uh, as depth. And then uh, tight end, Sam Laporta, Trey McBride, David and Joku and Jake Ferguson. So very, very good quarterback or very, yeah. very tight end core. Sorry. Uh, three hundred one, and three Oh five in the rookie draft. And then all of his future picks. So, he did say he finished in fifth place after losing Justin Herbert. Welcome to the club, because I had a lot of Justin yeah. Herbert teams last year, uh, and it lost Keenan Allen as well. He said he has a lot of very mid-depth at wide receiver, but not much for star power. I mean, Nakua is star power, but that's pretty much it. He yeah. did say he lucked into some tight ends last year, but there is no tight end premium, so you know might be hard to sell some of those guys off. He said, wondering your guys' thoughts on the team and move go, uh, moves going forward. My thought is sell off a tight end. To me, the guy that stands out is McBride because you have Laporta already and McBride is worth the most. And he said, I will um, most likely be looking to get back into the first round this year, looking for another wide receiver, but knowing I will most likely need a quarterback three for 2024. He said, thinking his best chances of moving up are two tight end needy teams uh, who both own two first sitting at 102 slash 103 and the 104 and 107. So he said, I'd say there's five teams with a chance to compete for the title in 2025. And he feels like adding a top wide receiver could make this team very competitive because, I mean, you look at his running back core, it's good enough to compete, I think. Wide receiver core, if you hypothetically added a top receiver, would probably be good enough to compete. Same goes for the quarterback core. So do you agree with that assessment? Would you be looking to get back into the first round? Or maybe, I like I think what I would do instead is try and trade Trey McBride for an equivalently valued wide receiver who's a veteran instead of um, a rookie.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with the assessment of taking some of your tight end value, moving it to the wide receiver position. Because like you said, you got a bunch of Joes, but no real pros on that roster, if that makes sense, a wide receiver. Like, you got a Puka Nakua, but outside of that, there's no real long-term viability, I would say, amongst the wide receiver core. Uh, Other than Jordan Addison, sorry, he, he snuck in. So Jordan Addison, Puka Nakua, outside of that, I mean... McLaurin getting older, Keenan Allen obviously very ancient, Jerry Judy hasn't really proven much, and then outside of that, I mean, it's a complete dart throw, so I agree with that assessment. If you can transition that tight end value into wide receiver value, that would be your best interest, uh, whether that's, like Corey said, going after a vet, maybe you can add on to Trey McBride, maybe add, uh, I don't know, a little bit, and you can end up getting, I don't know, I mean, equivalent value Nico in Collins, range. Michael Nico Pittman, Collins. DJ Moore. Yeah, someone like that. That would be a a big-time addition to this team. So if you can do that, obviously, you have four uh, tight ends that have a decent value on the market right now. So maybe see if you can keep two of them and sell two off. That'd probably be in your best interest. If you're not able to trade for a veteran wide receiver and you actually want to get first-round capital this year, you mentioned uh, one guy has a 102-103, probably not going to be attainable. But if you can pull off – I mean, if you add a tiny bit, do you think you can get Trey McBride plus – a little bit to move up to the one Oh four. Do you think that's attainable?
0: Uh, I think Given it's this market value, likely that that guy is going to say, I will give you one Oh seven for Trey McBride, but I don't want to move one Oh four. That's just usually how people operate in that situation. Whenever they have a higher pick, they want to sell the lower pick typically in my that, experience. So, I mean, I would sell McBride for the one Oh seven straight up. I think that's exactly how much he's worth. I think him and Odunze, him and go Bowers are pretty much the same thing, but you'd have to kind of weigh in that. Maybe you could get a plus on top of that. Maybe it's like, Hey, I will, go after the 104 initially, see how much it would cost. Yeah. He's probably going to c- counter with, I don't want to give up the 104. What about the 107? And you could say, yeah, I'll let McBride go for the 107, but you got to give me a second rounder. You got to give me, you yeah. know, another wide receiver from his roster. Like if you could turn Trey McBride into the 107 plus maybe he has Tyler Lockett on his roster that could help you out or, so you know, just some other wide receiver that could help you that might be able to help you as well. Or maybe he has the 204 or 206 or something like that, or 207 in the rookie draft. And you can get a one and a two for Trey McBride, because I think that's what he's worth, man. Like he's literally a top 50 asset in dynasty right now, including rookie picks on keep trade cuts. So you should be able to get at least a Nico Collins, Rasheed Rice, DJ Moore, Tank Dell, somebody like that in a wide receiver trade straight up. Or if you're going to go after rookie picks, I think a one and a two, mid one and a two is something that I would be looking for.
1: The other question I have, I mean, like if you really are, have your eye in on that one Oh four, like what's the difference in valuation right now between Sam Laporte and that one Oh four. Like, can you, can you work? It's probably gonna be easier to work off from Sam Laporte. If you add a tiny bit to the one Oh four, than it would be Trey McBride.
0: It, it is. I just personally believe way more in Sam Laporte. Fair. So I would rather hold him. Like I, in Fair. my ideal world, you can sell off McBride for let's say the one Oh seven and the two Oh five. And you get. Maybe a, a wide receiver that's a competitive asset for David and Joku, and your tight end core is Sam Laporta, Jake Ferguson.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense too. Um, I mean, either way you slice it, definitely taking some of that tight end value, moving it to the wide receiver position is going to be your best bet on this team. You could start up to six wide receivers per week, so having an ample amount of depth, uh, in this format as a start 11 would be in your best interest. But aside from that, if you're just plotting out a starting lineup right now, assuming that you trade away a McBride for a wide receiver, hypothetically, you got Justin Herbert, Tua tongue by as your main two quarterbacks, Bijan Ramondre with guys like Javante, James Conner as your depth at running back, so that's a nice spot to be. Your two main wide receivers from a point production standpoint are probably going to be Pukenikua, Keenan Allen for at least year one. Sam Laporte at tight end, and then your four flex is going to be a combo of, you know, Javante, Connor, Terry McLaurin, Jordan Addison, uh, a couple of those guys there, including as well the unnamed wide
0: receiver you potentially move for uh trey mcbride in this instance so i mean overall i think you're in a good spot yeah the last thing i'd like to point out about this team is because you have so much depth at tight end maybe see if you can get a qb3 take a shot on a will levis go after a veteran guy like matthew stafford or baker mayfield use that in joku ferguson type of tight end if you can do that i mean you still maybe need some running back depth but thankfully you got the 206 you got the 301 the 305 that should be kind of good Running back sweet spot for like uh, some of these dart throws, estimate Quorum, all those type of dudes. Um, so overall, I mean, you're in a pretty good spot. You still have some work to do at wide receiver, like you said, but I do believe we can probably move on to the uh, next team here, which is from Josh Slats, a classic uh, uh submitter of DD. Yeah. Here we got a 12 team PPR lineup format, six point for passing touchdown league. Full tight end premium. So tight ends very valuable. Of course, you do have Sam Laporta, which I guess maybe we should start calling him the gold standard of tight ends now <laughs> because he is a tight end one in Dynasty. Uh, and it is a super flex format. And you got Allen, hurts and Fields, which is a hell of a quarterback core there. Um, running backs, you know, underwhelming. Zach Charbonnet, you know, other guys there, nothing really going on. Wide receivers, JSN, Hollywood Brown, Elijah Moore, not a whole lot going on at wide receiver either. So a bit of a weird team. You got a very good quarterback core, very good tight end, obviously little week at wide receiver, a little week at running back. But thankfully, you got a good wide receiver class upcoming here. At 104, you should be able to, hopefully, get Malik, Malik. Nabors with that pick. 108, maybe you might be able to even secure Brock Bowers, even though you don't need Brock Bowers. At 108, if he was on the board for me in a full tight end premium, I would actually be me still willing to take him there. And then at 108, most, most notably, you're going to probably be taking like wide receiver four off the board. I would imagine be Tom, you know, worthy Franklin, whoever ends up going to a good landing spot, 203, 204, 208, 211, all those other picks, dark throws on running backs and wide receivers.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, the other uh, direction I was thinking for the 108 is, Once JJ McCarthy goes into the top 10, it might be viewed because right now it's kind of viewed like if you have a top seven pick, it's kind of like a tear above. But if JJ goes top 10, I can see somebody taking JJ McCarthy within the 105, the 106, the 107 area, maybe pushing someone down or vice versa. It's going to increase the value of your pick, even if JJ McCarthy is valued as the 108. If the guy picking at 105 or 106, maybe uh, they miss out on Drake May and Jaden Daniels and obviously Caleb Williams that point, if they don't need a wide receiver uh, or or a tight end at that spot, you might be able to be more willing to move up at that spot. Maybe they want a quarterback. They'd say, Hey, listen, I want 108 plus your 204 and I'll give you the 106. At that point, given the construct of your team, having Allen hurts and fields, you can use that quarterback equity piece to get a, a bigger piece of need on your team, which would be a wide receiver in that spot.
0: Yeah. The other thing too, is as we talked about in yesterday's video, that 104 pick, if there's a quarterback on the board, you know, let's say neighbors is you could go with neighbors, but let's say Daniels or may is still on the board. You might be able to swap down with the one Oh five or the one Oh six, still get the guy that you were looking for and pick up some extra value. As we talked about yesterday. I mean, you have extra draft capital in 2025 and an extra second rounder in 2026. So, It's a a team that's a work in progress. You need a lot of wide receiver talent, but thankfully you got a loaded wide receiver class here. If you can hit on three, four wide receivers in this class of the draft picks that you have, then you're going to be in a really good spot at that position. And you have some opportunities to add running backs this year. And of course, next year with that extra first rounder, he does ask what he should do with fields. And as we're recording this, we're getting a lot of rumors that fields might go to the Atlanta Falcons. I do think that's going to present a selling window for people. If you are not high on fields, Josh specifically asked, what should I do with fields? If you're risk-averse and Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons trade like a 2 and a 5 or something for Justin Fields, you could cash out on Justin Fields, especially in your team situation. I have an idea. What if that
1: guy at the 102 pick maybe needs a quarterback, but maybe doesn't want to pass uh, on a quarterback this year because maybe he's not bought into Dayton Daniels, he's not bought into Drake May. Maybe he's more willing to buy in on a guy like Justin Fields, and at that point, if you could leverage, say, hey, I got Justin Fields plus this 108, can you give me 102 plus a 2025 too? Can you give me that type of valuation? Because in this type of team, because you're set at quarterback, because you can add a, an elite number one wide receiver and Marvin Harrison to it on top of still having the 104 asset, whether you want to replenish at that spot, whether you want to get in the wide receiver at that spot, you're going to be able to open yourself up to more opportunities. So if you can sell Justin Fields plus the 108, get him, get within striking distance, at least have that 102, maybe even get a little piece back, knowing the valuation of Justin Fields on the current market and potentially on the market. Once he moves to a team like Atlanta, then I'd absolutely, you know, see what that kind of does, you know, do your due diligence.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's what we talked about in yesterday's hey, video man. nonstop. I mean, the other he has a couple other options like he lists here. He says, would it make sense to flip him for a 2025 first with a, a chance to be early? I, I think if you got an early to mid 2025 first on yep. the table for Justin Fields, I would probably take that as well. Yep. And he said, I could flip him to a rebuilder for either a or Devonte Smith. I think those guys are about equivalent value to Justin Fields, but I actually think that you should be able to get more, especially if he goes to the Atlanta Falcons. He said, my thought is to compete in 2025, unless my second round picks get lucky with running back production. So yeah, I mean, you're not really ready to compete. Once you add a bunch of wide receivers, hopefully you can hit on a bunch of them. You're going to have a much better team situation at that point. He said uh, he has a trade on the table, I think, I believe, or no, he actually made this trade for Josh Allen. You can see he sold off the 103 Nakua. Um, a projected late first and and second in 2025, and then Jahan Dotson and Mac Jones, and he received Josh Allen in the 108. So obviously when you're trading for Josh Allen, you know that you're going to have to give up something. You can't get Josh Allen for nothing. Puka Nakua and the 103 is, are two very good assets for sure. But I honestly think I would prefer Josh Allen to Puka Nakua in the 103 straight up, to be honest. And then it's the 108 basically for a first, second and those other pieces.
1: The way I kind of look at this, and people might argue, like, oh, easily. Like, what do you mean easily? Like, it's still, like, giving up a lot of value. I value Puka Nakua as a mid-second round type of asset. The 103, same type of range. I, I honestly think uh, Puka Nakua and Drake May are literally back-to-back in my startup rankings right now at 17 and 18. I just view the top end of Dynasty as being willing to move up for those type of players. When 101 becomes available... Yeah, it's two mid-seconds evaluation, but looking at the rest of your roster, you're able to take that type of plunge in terms of uh, overall depth on this team that going out and swinging for a hammer like Josh Allen, who can average 25 points per game, who could be legitimately the number one scoring player in fantasy football, I'm more than comfortable making this deal. And like you said, the nuts and bolts of it comes down to Puka plus the 103 for Josh Allen, because realistically... Yeah, Jahan Dotson, nice little piece. Mac Jones, if he signed somewhere, could be a decent quarterback three option, but they're irrelevant to the uh, greater scheme of things in this deal. It really comes down to one, uh, 2025 first and second more or less equals 108, and then Puka Nakua plus 103 more or less equals Josh Allen because, like we mentioned, we value that top end of the dynasty market. We want the Josh Allen side.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I'm on the same page there. So I think you know what you're doing. I mean, your thought is to compete in 2025. That's accurate. He also traded Nico Collins for JSN midseason. I think Nico's more valuable now, but they're still probably relatively within the same tier. If you're a Jackson Smith and Jigba believer, Again, I would prefer Nico I Collins, Nico. But I think at the time, October 4th, this was probably the right move, to be honest. I think I would have done the same sure. thing in your situation. Buy low on JSN, Nico Collins was kind of breaking out, but we didn't know how valuable he'd end up being. Yeah. Obviously it played out that Nico was really great this year and JSN wasn't so great this year. So a little bit risky now that you made that trade, but I will say um, if you're a JSN guy and JSN has a lot of truthers around the NFL and in dynasty landscapes, you should be able to sell them off if you're worried about JSN at this point in time. So Overall, you're in a decent spot, but we can get to the final team of this video. You guys can see Caleb L's team on the screen 12 team PPR, Superflex League. So, all Superflex in this video, no one quarterback talk here. Bryce Young. Uh, as the main quarterback, not really much else going on. Javante Williams, Algier, J.K. Dobbins, Tajay Spears at running back. Uh, Amonra St. Brown, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Josh Downs, and some others at wide receiver. Uh, Michael Mayer, Greg Dolchich, K. Daughton at tight end. Does have the 102, the 110, the 112, 202, 205, 206, and 212 this year. And then it looks like all of his future picks in addition to an extra third, but he doesn't have his fourth in 2025. So he does... Ask mainly just like what to do with his team. Uh, Should he dump some of his top wide receivers to tank further? Commit to no running back production? I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot going on in the way of yeah. quarterback production right now, especially knowing that Bryce Young is your main quarterback, who I'm sure you spent a high rookie pick on. Hasn't really worked out. I know draft. why. And CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson. Instead, you'd be in a much better position. You do have the 102 this year, which is nice. You could potentially just take a quarterback there. This is yeah. the type of team that I would maybe look to sell off some of your elite assets. St. Brown and AJ Brown, maybe as the guys that I'd maybe do that with. And also the 102. I mean, if somebody wants to come up and get Marvin, if they want to come up and get, you know, even Drake May, Drake potentially May. you could you could always just try and move down a little bit down the board, especially. Like let's say you want Drake May, you want to secure a quarterback with that pick or Jane Daniels, potentially too. Maybe 102, you can get down to 104, secure one of those quarterbacks and pick up an extra, you know, first rounder for a second rounder swap or something.
1: Yeah, and I, I will say, I mean, I don't need I don't mean to nitpick, but I do have to raise awareness to this. Um, I just don't understand this trade you made eleven seven twenty twenty three, 7 2023, giving up Dak, giving up T. Higgins in the 2025 fourth in exchange for downs the 112 and the 212. You did say that he was a mid contender at the time, uh, and he ended up winning the league. So you hoped he'd miss the playoffs. But even if we pretend that this is the 107, I still want the Dak and Higgins side pretty comfortably.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a um getting too cute probably right like you're like oh this guy's like you know he's gonna collapse or whatever those are the type of trades that like you kind of just want to like pray that you get lucky rather than actually betting on it if that makes any sense it's like okay you you traded with a guy who's a mid contender but you got to remember like what's the worst case scenario here that pick is the 112 he could win the league potentially so even if it's the 107 you want to be like okay maybe i lost that deal slightly not i got hosed like you got hosed in this trade
1: but like even if it was the 107 i would want the dak and higgins side if it was one of seven mean. it's like if down. the
0: upside was he's gonna miss the playoffs and have the one oh six or the one oh five potentially, then you know you're in a better position. But again, the 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 horrible scenario played out that it he yeah. ended up winning the league. And then also the trade you made on October twenty second. Eckler Odell Josh Palmer Again, you sell off some process. competitive assets you get a buy low candidate Javante Williams 205 Love and 206 this. I mean I think that was a good move I'd rather Very have move. Javante probably than the rest of the package and let alone getting the 205 and 206 yeah I, I agree yeah. I don't like the T Higgins and Dak Prescott side of the, uh, the trades there though
1: yeah I mean like the the first deal made on 1022 obviously I'm a big fan of it's just uh, I I do think you sold prematurely maybe this was after Dak had a bad game against the Niners or something and maybe you were a little bit pessimistic on him long term like that must have that that has to be the rationale I, I would say to move Dak, especially knowing the quarterback core you have, because now we're kind of in a spot where you don't necessarily have the replenishing asset to uh move into a quarterback unless you spend it at the one oh two and you got rid of Dak and T. Higgins.
0: Yeah. And like maybe you get lucky and a JJ McCarthy or a Bo Nicks fall to you at one ten or something like yeah. that, and they got first round draft capital or whatever, but even then, I mean, you're not going to be, you're going to have what like Drake may Bryce young and Bo Nix as your quarterback core. Like it's not going to be like one of the best cores in the league. Um, and you got a lot of risk there at that point in time. So yeah, I mean, I would really consider continuing to punt this into 25 and into 26, because as much as St. Brown and AJ Brown and like DK Metcalf and downs, and then maybe a couple other pieces could help you compete. And maybe if you get lucky at tight end, one of those guys emerges, and maybe if you get lucky at running back, you get a couple guys emerging there, say Javante and Tajay Spears or whatever, you're betting on a lot of good things going your way with this team. So I would cover my ass a little bit. If you can cash out on St. Brown for a 2025 first and second and a 2026 first or something like that, You got to do it at this point in time. Unfortunately, you don't really have the luxury of holding these elite assets because your roster needs a lot at this point in time. And as we talked about in yesterday's video, that 102, I'm considering if somebody offered me 106, a 25 first, a 26 second, and a 204 this year for, you know, because they like absolutely love Marvin Harrison and there's going to be people that are willing to pay that for Marvin Harrison, then I would potentially look to move off of him as well.
1: I mean, even in this type of league, like if somebody's willing to offer me 105 and a random 2025 first, I'd be willing to do it, assuming that you can get a guy like Jaden Daniels or Drake May at that spot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, depending on the assets that you're securing. I mean, if you got to move down from 102 down to the 109, like, yeah, you got to get a couple extra ones and twos on top of that pick. But if you're just moving down two spots, let's say to 104, you should be able to secure a quarterback. Maybe it's just 104 and a 2025 mid to late projected first and you give up 102 and 212 or something like that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm on the same page there. Overall, again, some more work to be done. Obviously left yourself in a tough spot at the quarterback position, but you do have the
0: uh, type of assets on this team to be able to turn that around pretty quickly. For sure. So that is the end of the video. Hopefully you guys made it to the end here. If you did, leave a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Of course, if you want your team covered on Dynasty Decisions, the fastest and easiest way to do that is by going to flockfantasy.com using the promo code FSE, you get first priority to dynasty decisions. You get thirty percent off any of the packages. If you're looking for our dynasty superflex rankings, our one quarterback rankings, our rookie rankings, all of that is available, including our dynasty Wall Street Journal first edition, our draft guide of thirty plus prospect write ups, prospect uh, player cards, and of course more coming after the combine. We'll have combine information in the draft guide coming March fifteenth as well. All of that is available on flockfantasy.com, and again use. The the promo code FSE to get first priority to these episodes. If you're wondering where you're at in the free queue, I can promise you it's probably pretty far down the list. There's, you know, yeah. 50, 60 people that we have in the queue way back in the day. We were able to do a lot of free submissions. It's getting a little bit more competitive because every time we do one of these videos get like 25 subscribers more. are submitting more teams. So it's hard for us yeah. to get to those free submissions. So again, if I hate to be this guy, but if you want to get your team covered, this is the best way to do so. And of course, we do have consults available. If you want to just pay for a one-time consult, we can go through a couple of your Dynasty teams on there as well. But with that being said, peace out and we'll talk to you soon.